Another episode of Dan's Den. Matt Morocco is back again. Regular guest here. <laughs> it's getting a little too much now. I'm going to have to get paid for my services and my time. Yeah, this volunteer shit is for the birds. <laughs> Semi-continuation of a previous episode where we are talking more about psychedelics and microdosing specifically. So we're going to kind of keep with that theme generally today. Some of the review articles, we found some more, you know, scientific literature, but this time talking more about just overall therapeutic effects of some of these substances. So it's not specific to microdosing. So I think it'll be interesting to kind of look into some of that stuff and see where we go from there. Last time, one of our problems that we came across was we've had reviews and summaries of some of these articles, so we didn't really get access to the full text. This time, we were able to find some free stuff through PubMed online so people can go and read the studies if they're interested. You know, we're going to try to summarize. We're going to talk about mostly psilocybin and LSD, although this, this article talks about peyote, some of the plants and fungus that have a DMT chemical structure in there. That's super interesting, but I think, you know, just for kind of keeping it a little bit more focused today, we'll try to go with LSD and psilocybin. Yeah, maybe in the future touch on those other topics, but just to have a little fluidity between the part one and and this, the continuation. And then there's so much information and so many clinical trials studying various things, it's probably a little bit easier to organize and categorize these by their, you know, their different substances. Um, And we've already kind of started clumping psilocybin and LSD together. As in a lot of the studies that they discussed, they kind of talked about almost interchangeably. Um, but obviously, a lot of these studies, too, are staying specific to results to one or the other. Um, so those are yeah, areas of focus. Yeah, so it's sweet. So the, we'll just start with this review article that we were going over. So the title of this one is The Bright Side of Psychedelics, Latest Advances and Challenges in Neuropharmacology. A pretty straightforward title, as we talked about before, like some of the scientific literature, just plain, straight to the point, which is good because this is one that caught my eye. Again, this is available for free on PubMed. The first three authors, because there's probably 10 on here total, Andrea Mastino, Margaret Ienwu. Went to high school with her. (laughs) Marianella Carone. Um, and this is from the International Journal of Molecular Sciences. It's pretty in-depth, pretty thorough. This one's 39 pages. We're going to kind of breeze through it, try to summarize some of the stuff. But we were doing a little bit of research before we, we started recording here and kind of, again, focus more on the uh, psilocybin and the LSD. So I don't know, just to catch up, I think our, our very first published episode was specific for microdosing. And we went over essentially like three studies or three reviews pros, cons, and maybe a neutral one. So with a little background, we we just touched on the alternative meds are almost more of a hot topic these days with just the availability and and usages in in different settings. So the whole goal of this podcast right now, of this episode, is to put some information out there that says like, hey, there's definitely more than just two sides. It's not like a yay or nay for everybody. So, But while we were going over this too, we found that they mentioned most of the research is showing like or saying we need more research so that's important because in order for some studies and stuff to get funding they need to have like a proof or a reason why they're gonna do it so some of the, the reviews here show that hey there's promising effects for some of these substances they don't necessarily say that this is going to replace other therapies but maybe using conjunction with which is obviously what the complementary 
alternative medicine field is about. I just want to skim through part of the abstracts just so people have like a general idea of the, the summary of the study and then we'll, we'll touch on the, these two things. Use it as, as they will. The need to identify effective therapies for the treatment of psychiatric disorders is a particularly important issue in modern societies. In addition, difficulties in finding new drugs have led pharmacologists to review and reevaluate some past molecules, including psychedelics. For several years, there's been growing interest among psychotherapists in psilocybin, or lysergic acid diethylamine, LSD, for the treatment of obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, or of post-traumatic stress disorder, although results are not always clear and definitive. In fact, the mechanisms of action of psychedelics are not yet fully understood, and some molecular aspects have yet to be well-defined. Thus, this review aims to summarize the ethnobotanical uses of the best-known psychedelic plants, pharmacological mechanisms of the main active ingredients they contain. Furthermore, an up-to-date overview of structural and computational studies performed to evaluate the affinity to biologically relevant receptors. Finally, the most recent clinical studies evaluating the efficacy of psychedelic molecules in some psychiatric disorders are discussed and compared with drugs already used in therapy. So that was just a quick overview. And um, if I didn't mention it earlier, this study is from early 2023. So this is pretty fresh off the presses here. I'm glad that we have something up to date. Yeah. And in regards to that, like one interesting one, a field of uh, depression where it seems the primary treatment, I mean, along with therapy um, is antidepressants serotonin uptake inhibitors now what's interesting with that specifically so if we can jump we'll kind of jump right in segue right in um, one of the studies studying depression found correlations with psilocybin that they have similar inhibiting uh, factors um, to antidepressants so that they can do the same thing now they weren't able to find any evidence that it's any better, any more efficient than current antidepressants, that doesn't mean that it's going to have the exact same effects on depression just because it exhibits similar characteristics because there's so many other factors. So that's the next step. So we have that first part. We know that, oh, hey, it can inhibit. Therefore, it may be able to take on the same role as an antidepressant. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Some of the stuff I was reading, and we'll touch on this again later, but um, some of the limitations of some of the research says that because, I'm going to use LSD as an example, because they haven't been able to figure out specific mechanisms or specific, you know, target receptors, that that's a big kind of drawback of, of why it hasn't been pursued. So it's that kind of catch-22 where there there is not enough studies, but studies aren't being done because there's no proof or you know, substantial evidence to show we should focus on these particular receptors. So like you were saying, the SSRIs are well established in a lot of medications. And like you said, they've shown good benefits for, for some of the antidepressant effects. Contraindications and mixtures with other medications is definitely a, a component for some of this, why you can't just um, throw, you know, LSD or some of these uh, more potentially alternative medicines in with cu current pharmaceuticals without knowing the interactions. Right, right. And this 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 is a perfect example of how it can be misconstrued. So like you could take this and and 
and present an article that says psilocybin does the same thing as antidepressants. And that's not what the studies say. You know, it's saying it has similar factors, but it has to go through the whole gene- genealogy of it. And then, like Dan pointed out, contraindications and things like that to other medications, etc. To show, So just because there's the correlation that they do something similar doesn't mean they're going to treat this specific thing any better um, or at all even though they, they share that same common factor. Now, something that was interesting, so this was two specific trials that was able to confirm, I guess you could say the word confirm. I use that, that's a tough word to use in science, you know what I mean? But they, they presented evidence to suggest, you know, that it has <laughs> those inhibiting factors. Right, nothing, another thing I had noticed that was interesting in these two trials that had shown this correlation of, you know, this inhibiting these inhibiting factors Something a, a negative to report. Very surprised at this. Would love some clarification. And maybe Dan will dig into the actual source material here. Um, so it was reported, both trials, that there was far more adverse effects. So about 77% of the... Uh, so there was, I think it was like 233 people that were tested so 77 percent of that whatever that number is uh, reported things such as you know varying degrees of headache nausea dizziness suicidal ideations and self-injury so that 77 percent was the average going across all dose groups that was very surprising to me you know you don't hear people saying you know getting sick nausea dizziness off like say Prozac and things like that I have heard about the suicidal ideations being associated with other antidepressants um, but I thought that was very interesting um, so like, like it's pointing out and like what Dan had started us off with you know in terms of what this whole uh, published paper is about it's just kind of stating the state that we're at and you'll notice a repeating theme that that state is there's something here we need more research you know <laughs> maybe just psilocybin and and some of the the sections from that i think that's what, what some of the stuff you have jotted down there now so along with that so there was a few other things so the way i kind of broke this down so we went i, I tackled the psilocybin category based off this particular report um and categorized it into like the different factors in which they measured basically the different metrics like depression being one of them um another one that was very interesting. It was basically on network organization. So they wanted to test this. This one's fascinating because there's real solid, beautiful empirical evidence making my mouth water. Just the fact that it's <laughs> there's such strong, observable, and measurable evidence. So these are two various trials. So I'm assuming you're going to see there's another repeating theme that I saw in this document where they referenced two trials and I think what they did was probably get a source maybe the first one and then got one that attempted to peer review it so that they compared the two and that's why I think you've seen two trials um, often mentioned Um, but what they confirmed so with patients taking two 25 milligram doses so small amount of psilocybin two 25 milligram doses taken three weeks apart um, and then they followed up. They followed that up with a functioning MRI, and they showed both modifications and increases in brain network organization. Fascinating. Again, they saw that recorded 
like there's a picture that can be sourced you know today that's actually easy if you put pull up if you type if you were to just google fmri and lsd or psilocybin you'll pull up the images and they'll, they'll have the two comparable images before and after and very interesting now something that i noticed they didn't highlight this but part of this study so i mentioned that they took two 25 milligram doses right three weeks apart now in between that and following it it's six weeks of a placebo so as far as the participants were aware they were taking far more of a dose than they thought so that's i mean that probably had an effect i mean to say that that those placebos it's almost the downside of it though like it's you know so which had the effect on it they took placebo which we know has value has you know pertinence in in our own bodies so which created the modified increased brain network organization was it one or the other was it the combination of the two for whatever reason they felt the need to incorporate both of them for the study and they got a positive result now will they break that down and try and that's usually what would happen and you'll see that in actually one of the next ones or one of the further ones we mentioned a little bit later where they'll take something like that and then the okay we've confirmed that now let's break them apart um, and actually what I'm referring to would be when we, and it segues right into the next topic, which would be post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, uh, post-traumatic, you know, PTSD. Um, and they already know, so before this 2023 review, they had already shown enough measurable evidence to show aid in post-traumatic disorders now what they're studying they're past that part and they're now trying to study to determine this current trials going on as we speak um, that are being written as we speak to see if there's more effect if it's administered alone or if it's to be administered with assisted therapy so that's an example of where you'll see kind of the you know progression of the trial of where they find the first part and then they they advance on it and they they carry on you know they go to the the next step. Yeah, and that part is great because um, like we already established, they they need some just preliminary research to say, hey, we need to go further in this direction. So that's kind of maybe a, a scoping study where we're going to actually use a substance that we know has the real chemical in it and can't rule out that the placebo effect where the patient actually believes that they're taking something and is looking for benefits, mm. how that incorporates. Mm. So it's, it's, it's great. And then I'm sure that even in this review, they talk about there's, there's hundreds of studies that already exist. And I think in certain sections, they already, they even list ones that they were able to see that or registered as upcoming yep. so yep. this stuff is coming out monthly and definitely within the next year or two there's going to be a lot more stuff coming out um, and again listeners that are interested in this stuff that maybe discuss this in in their own circles pubmed or from the national institute of health is a, an excellent resource for some of this where you can find these studies because we we've experienced this matt and i where we'll talk about this um, so this is a good place to show like, hey, there's current legitimate research going on. So that's kind of, again, the overall focus of this episode today is the, you know, we, we have our own experiences with this, but we want to show that there's evidence kind of weighing some of these pros and cons. And even at the time of this recording, man, I've, I've had um, one or two 
listeners that I've been in contact with that expressed interest in some of this stuff and they're saying like, oh, I've been considering like doing uh, maybe a psychedelic retreat or looking at microdosing. So even if this is just to bring more awareness that like these things are becoming a little bit more commonplace, not to say that they should just be taken lightly again, mm-hmm. but that this is like, you're not alone if you're considering this stuff. So we're just trying to bring more awareness to this because ultimately we see the direction that some of the pharmaceuticals are going where it's just about treating the symptoms rather than incorporating things that could potentially lead to a, you know, behavior change and lifestyle changes that would be the ultimate, you know, working towards a solution rather than just putting the bandaid yeah. on it. And again, we're going to, we're going to eventually come to an impasse if we were to assume that, you know, this all goes down the direction of like, yes, this has viable medical purposes. Let's say specifically psilocybin. This one I'm about to say doesn't apply to LSD and you'll see why, but we, we find out that it has pertinent usage. Well, it's not very hard to start get a fish tank and put it in a, 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 a temperature controlled room and then start producing your own medicine. You still probably would need the guidance of a trained professional, such as a psychologist or something like that, a therapist. Again, we don't know. Like I said, one of the studies is trying to determine what is better. Is it better when they're left to their own devices? Probably the best assumption would probably be that there's going to be benefits to both, downsides to both, and it's going to be nuanced depending on the individual. Uh, so you, you covered the, the first one talking about two small doses with, what was it, six weeks of the the, the, the fMRI, yep. So that one that one was, was interesting. And then the ones from there, so there was there's another one, correlations. There's a 2022 study and one actually in 2020. So the first one was 2020, obviously. Follow-up in 2022 that confirmed anti-inflammatory properties. And again, this is where this is where the jump is happening in the media headline. So they found similar to with the antidepressant and the inhibiting factors, they found anti-inflammatory properties. Maybe with these anti-inflammatory properties, it may assist with neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and such. Um, again, the cause that causation or preventiveness has not been determined yet. And that's going to be the next step. So they they determined that yes, it does the things that's needed to aid in, you know, pulling back neurodegenerative diseases. Now they need to see, will it do so specifically? Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's pretty promising. Again, I wish there was more to report. I wish that we would say like, Hey, tell grandpa to start taking down some much, some magic mushies because he's going to remember you better, but, uh, we're not there yet. That that's, um, we'll have a, something to follow up with that with LSD and kind of, um, we go. LSD and, and psilocybin for, um, maybe more terminal diseases and, and end of life kind of anxiety. There's been numerous studies on that stuff and just quality of life for some of those terminal diseases. It's, uh, maybe a, um, a less thrilling setting for a lot of people to talk about, but the alternative is, you know, pain and anxiety kind of continuing. So if that can make somebody's last few months or years more enjoyable, I mean, that in itself is excellent rather than getting too in the weeds about like how is this going to affect their brain chemistry mm. because we know a lot of doses are safe and mm. if this is something that's improving quality of life man i mean that's that's yes. what it's all about quality of life yes yes that's oftentimes i think as the general public considers health unless they're dealing with someone who's in hospice or something like that just the idea of quality of life probably isn't you know it's not factor it's not considered 
when we're talking healthcare and stuff like that. And so for some people, quality of life is the only controllable element that we have to try to give them, you know, as much peace as, you know, the inevitable happens and finding aid. So that's something like that I personally would say, and it's one of the few things that I would say I wouldn't need a trial for. We already discussed, so we were just discussing kind of those anti-inflammatory properties. We already had segued into what the article, what the published paper was talking about in regards to post-traumatic stress disorder. That again, seems like they're, it's pretty well established that there's benefits, but through that they've had almost unanimously um, positive results. So they've taken that as we've already discussed to the next level and try and see is it better alone or with assisted therapy. And then one of the last ones that this article touched on was in regards to substance abuse. So yet another field. So we've talked this with we've talked about depression, quality of life, PTSD, neurodegenerative diseases, and now substance abuse. These are all the potential. So e- like even if one of these doesn't stick, we're throwing if we threw all five of those at the wall, one's one's bound to stick. Talking about like dementia and Alzheimer's and a, a lot of things like that. So from my understanding, there's not a, a, a thorough established treatment for that stuff too. So no. if we're trying stuff and they show any kind of potential benefits, man, like that's a great direction. Yes. Yeah. So for the study with substance abuse, of course they could measure it with did the person use you know, that's one metric that's obviously useful. But just based off the way the published paper that we're, we're referencing today or that we're sourcing today reference it the same as the post-traumatic stress disorder, I'm assuming most of the trials weren't empirical evidence. Again, with surveys and stuff like that. How do you feel? How are your cravings? Um, but they found that this posed results for upwards of six months after usage. Substantial. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, again, they're measuring. It's 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 survey based, so there's subjectivity involved. There's the nuance between the individuals, but if you're getting, if you're seeing this pattern, there's obviously something there. And who cares? At a certain point, it's like who cares what the causation is. If if the causation of this cure is directly related to the psilocybin, or it's just some roundabout correlation that it's affecting some other system that's do you know whatever. Yeah, let's get there. That's super important, man. And sometimes those self-reported outcomes, man, in in this case, could be more important than the fMRIs. Like so, that's important to to keep studies going. And as they narrow down what what. mechanisms are involved that's great we we need to move in that direction but if somebody's reporting that their mood and anxiety is improved their depression's better their ptsd has improved like you said who like ultimately that's that's what we're trying to get at yes if these are safe that's 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 huge yes so even though and i should clarify because i'm the first one to knock that type of clinical trial but I should clarify, just like Dan just said, and he said it perfectly, in certain situations, it's the only, either the only option or it is the best option. And a way to gauge, I mean, at least with the ones that I've presented, one way to gauge or to understand why it's valuable, if you look at these specific disorders where that was pertinent to, post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse, they're, again, ones that even their symptoms and diagnosis is done through survey and reporting and, 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 you know, awareness of behaviors as opposed to something happening, something showing up on a functional MRI. So if the, 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 
clinical diagnosis is done through survey style diagnosis, then of course, why, you know, why can't the, the study of the treatment be the same? Yeah. Well put, man. And that's, that's the ultimate goal for those is finding a way to relieve symptoms. And even like six months is a decent amount of time rather than six hours or a couple of days. So it's something where if we can do short treatments twice a year, I mean, that that's going to be better than something, some of these medications that I have to take every day, there's, there's going to be interactions on the whole human system. So if we can find something that limits some of those side effects and still has the potential benefits, that's what we're trying to get closer towards. So if these are used in conjunction with already established treatments and we can reduce some of that, man, that's that that's what I would like to see. And I'm, I'm sure some of these individuals and families dealing with this stuff, that that's kind of a, a goal of some of that too. I think anything, everyone's always searching for the magic pill when it comes to these behavioral issues, you know, substance abuse, PTSD, things like that. Like they have a basis in behavioral issues. There's no magic pill. There's never been a magic pill for any of them. And it'd be, you know, this could, this might actually be some form of a magic pill in the sense of, you know, this is really going to bring a lot of relief to a lot of pain for a lot of families, but we'll get to see we're at the early infancy. So, you know, it'd be so exciting to do this exact same podcast in what, maybe only two additional years from now. And we'll have to see the follow-ups being how far, you know, advanced this has and all the follow-ups finishing and stuff like that. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be very interesting to see. The FDA is, they might even be past stage three of the clinical trials for MDMA in therapy. Nice. Yeah. So, like we saw in the last decade with cannabis-related laws, and, and that's that spread through multiple states and started off as, I don't know what the first one, I know California was, was early on with the medicinal part. Um, what was it? Colorado was one of the first recreationally legal, and then that finally caught attention and, and speed, not only for you know the, the effects on individuals and, and that type of stuff, but I've, I've heard the arguments for just um, revenue and like state taxes and stuff like that. And if from that can go back into the state and education or funding roads and bridges, sure. That's an added bonus. I love that stuff. Is that, um, do we cover all of the stuff that you have jotted down there? Yeah. So that was, that was the entirety of the psilocybin. Again, like Dan said, it was a, it's a long article for the psilocybin. Yeah. That's it. Finished off on substance abuse one. Yeah. So if you want to enlighten us on what you discovered or what this paper in enlightened us on in regards to LSD, that'd be great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dan's Den Podcast. And Matt set us up there perfectly at the end. We're going to focus on LSD, therapeutic medical research, in the next episode. And we definitely have plenty more coming out. Don't forget to follow and rate Dan's Den. Turn on notifications so you can stay up to date with our latest releases. Please share these episodes so we can help get the word out reach more people. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you join us for next episode.